0: Hello and welcome to the Train Brave podcast, the podcast put in place to give athletes a voice and to explore topics often not talked about. This series, we're incredibly excited to be supported by Simprove. Simprove believes that living your best, feeling your best and looking your best starts from within and we could not agree more. Their unique water-based food supplement containing live and active bacteria was created to support a healthy gut balance. They believe that this can help you gain the most from your life. This is what we're all about here at Train Brave. Want to find out more about Zimprove? Head to the website link in our show notes. And speaking of getting the max of life, let's go into today's episode, shall we? Hi guys, welcome back to another Train Brave podcast. I'm Renee McGregor.
1: And I'm Chris Hendy.
0: And guys, firstly, I want to say thank you so much for all the feedback we've had from last week's podcast. Um, I was hoping that it would resonate and help many of you, and I'm really pleased that it has but not only that that it's also provided you all with a lot more hope because that's obviously a lot of what we're trying to do here um at train brave is let you understand that nobody has to maintain the behaviors they're maintaining you know there's a whole life out there to be lived and it can be um it's just understanding why you do the behaviors you do and what the purpose of them is, and, and are they really serving you, and is that how you want your future to be? Um, and I guess on that note, it brings us really nicely onto the topic of conversation today. Um, Chris, what are we chatting about today?
1: Yeah, so I think just to kind of echo what you're saying there is, we obviously we want to talk today about how what does training look like as you're when you're trying to recover from Red S, when you're going through Red S. And I think we've got a lot of people we work with where, we kind of we we set a time where we want to essentially help someone reduce their energy output, and we're trying to obviously increase energy input in, in, in very very basically, um, because we, that's going to help them restore quickly. But uh, and we want today I really want to kind of explore why people have the needs to train the way they do currently and how they find themselves in this in these particular places where they are doing a lot on a daily basis and why they, and obviously I want to pick your mind really as to why they might be doing that. And, but for me, obviously it's about, I want people to understand that why they're potentially probably struggling with injuries and not seeing improvements in their performance because the way they're training has no real structure and doesn't really not really see the progress and just explain the why behind that. So like really what, like with our, obviously with our audience and obviously people we work with, we find that a lot of them are get to a point where they are training every day to a certain degree um they 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 have this need this necessity to train uh a, a lot um and whether it's run bike swim going for long walks what what how does that come about do you think like why, why is what have people got into that situation
0: i think like i suppose it would be a good place to kind of time to sort of recap a little bit about what reds is and why it occurs and and then that will help us move forward to answer that question but like you know, for those of you who are maybe new to the podcast or maybe need a reminder, remember that RED stands for Relative Energy Deficiency Syndrome. So what that means is that it, it, it there's not enough relative energy in the body to do the work the body needs to do. And, you know, that can be involuntary, as in we do have a handful of people that fall into REDs completely and utterly by chance. They just don't appreciate how much energy their body requires to do all the training that they want to do. So I think this, this could answer some of your question, Chris, in the sense that I think we live in a society at the moment where I believe there's a lot of scaremongering around weight and weight stigma. Um, And I think that also drives then drives people into choosing to do sport now there's nothing wrong with that we're both big fans of sport we're both big fans of being active and participating and and keeping fit but when something potentially becomes um a job potentially alongside a real job or when something becomes maybe um your way of trying to express who you are then i think like that's when you have to be really careful about balancing it all up. There's one thing sort of deciding that you're going to run a marathon or you're going to take up age group triathlon or or whatever it might be. And then knowing how you tailor that in terms of your whole lifestyle, not just nutrition, but like sleep, rest, your work, your stress, your relationships. And I think So, I think in some cases, Red S can actually start completely and utterly by chance, in that people just don't get the balance quite right. And then I think that, you know, I think you've been really honest about that's how you feel Polly's started. She just didn't quite get the balance right initially, didn't really quite understand her needs. And then it becomes something that can become quite compulsive, like this absolute need to push the body this absolute need to hit the numbers this absolute need to get it right. And this is where then the psychological aspect comes in. And I suppose what we see more of where it gets tied in with eating disorders, disordered eating, body dysmorphia, um, you know, overtraining, like this is where it becomes dysfunctional and, and problematic. So, I guess to answer your question is in why do people have this tendency to to train so hard it it it's a number of reasons like i think a lot of the people we work with probably it's become they'll say often things like it's become my identity it's who i am it's what i'm associated with i'm the fit one i'm the sporty one you know i'm i'm the runner or whatever it might be you know But but the question is, why do you need that identity? Like, what is it about that identity that is so powerful for you that you need? You know, what are you attaining from having that identity that you can't attain within yourself? And I suppose that's it. Like when we've talked about reds so many times before is it comes back to that need to feel good enough. And I think what happens is, is that you, you start, by starting a new sport and realize that you're pretty good at it as in you're getting good results and then you want to push harder because that kind of that obsessional part of you that perfectionist part of you will keep cracking the whip and you know it this is where it can get confusing and and it's about learning to manage the expectation that's within you I, I guess this is something I've been reflecting on a lot recently, and I actually, as we're sat here and I'm we're recording this, I, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. I have a blackboard in my kitchen where I write quotes and, you know, things to keep me on track. And and I woke up this morning, as I've been thinking about this a lot, and the the kind of quote that I've come up with, which is my own quote, but it's like, expectation drives a huge desire for a specific outcome. So when we start a sport, for example, and we're quite good at it, it may drive up expectations that we think we're gonna be excellent at it. We could even make a career out of it or we can get our worth from it or whatever it might be. The problem with that expectation is we don't actually know that outcome is going to happen. Right. Nowhere is it written that just because you're good at running, you're going to become a professional runner. Just because you're good at triathlon, you're going to become a, you know, a professional triathlete. Like it's a really rigorous process to get there. And there are lots of very good runners and triathletes and cyclists who will never be elite level or professional. And that doesn't mean that I'm dismissing them as individuals, not at all. But I think the problem is when they have the expectation that they're going to be more than they probably are it that's what then becomes problematic because that drives the outcome of I need to be the best but when they maybe don't always hit those numbers which are potentially could be unrealistic (laughs) that creates disappointment and then that need to punish and then that need to push harder and then that need to drive it further
1: that I think is where you need, like, counsel around you, obviously, to uh, to allow that. You know that team around you to obviously, because all those there's thousands of people that are great runners, but there's only a few that actually make it, and or you know actually make can make a living out of it. But how have they done that? like what have they done is it genetics or is it a great team around them is it you know like what is it what's allowed them to get to that and it's it's probably a combination of everything right but that that expectation versus that kind of a destiny is in what way with that outcome that it, it's, a, it's a long journey right it's a complex journey and just pushing hard all the time is not the answer and obviously what we were talking about was obviously these individuals who are just pushing all the time they kind of got a taste for it they even see results from it you know dropping weight they might drop some weight and they've seen their results kind of elevate a little bit. And so they're thinking, well, if I just keep doing this, following this journey of less and pushing harder, less pushing harder, I'm going to get there. When in fact, what happens is obviously a catastrophe theory where you just drop off, you, don't, you see the results and suddenly you have this monstrous drop in performance, whether it's injury, the plateau in performance, you just it comes from obviously that complete lack of balance you're not monitoring all those other variables that make up a great or well, a sustainable a long you know that longevity in any sport or any performance so i think it's that it's that balance isn't it um going back just want to pick that because you you hit on a you touched on a lot there that by chance and um, you know coming falling into red kind of by accident i think that is that's huge i think that is something that it can happen to a lot of people, especially in the endurance community, where they just they're just dialing things up little by little. And what they're not simply doing is they're not dialing, they're fueling, they're fueling up. You know, they're not adjusting things along the way. And I know that's probably that's what Polly struggled with big time initially. And I think I I was lucky enough just to see it. You know, like she went from Olympic distance triathlon to suddenly realizing that she was better at the half distance, which is that half marathon distance running, etc. So her volume of training just jumped quite you know significantly but for me obviously when my background it was obvious for me that it was like well there's no way and you, know, yep. you know nothing's changed breakfast lunch and dinner you know there's no there's no extra snacks going in and for me that's just well you've you have a much greater energy output so we have to balance the scale as in the not the weight scale we have to balance the, the energy in versus the energy out and it, was, it simply wasn't there and be honest it's still even with even with that even though we acknowledge that fact we didn't respect it enough like you know we kind of went well we, we talked about it a few times but we didn't actually monitor it enough and obviously that's things then built and built and built to the point where we had this big drop-off where you know polly was struggling with energy was you know she was, her, her you know everything was her gut issues she had numerous um, symptoms that we weren't aware of that were um were reds but um yeah it's it, but that was innocent to a certain degree but then it became that obsession and that definitely became an obsession where it got to a certain body weight. And there's no way in her mind that being heavier or being, it was ever going to make her more efficient. It was no, 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 I, I have to stay here because I've got to this point by being this weight so but then obviously for her weeks we started to experience these massive plateaus and these big drop-offs and like constant misery of like gut issues and always cold and you know all these things that we kind of wear well aware of now but um niggles constant niggles and you know and it was because we weren't educated at the time but this by chance it, it makes a lot of sense but then how does someone kind of stay on top of that you know what does that look like how are they able to monitor that really what do you think
0: yeah. And I think also just, just before I, I answer that question, I think like the by chance as well is obviously where the food facts come in, you know, like where a lot of red S by chance is, has been a lot of individuals that have especially endurance athletes have gone down the low carb, high fat route because they've read about it. They have heard that it's, it's better for endurance athletes and they haven't really looked into it properly. And, you know, initially probably they did, see some better results. Again, going back to that, but we know very, very, very clearly that if you, um, you know, if you want to maintain good hormonal status, which is what you need in order to be a sustainable athlete. So, you know, the reasons why it's not just about weight, because, uh, you know, the reason why sustain why it all drops off, why you become stagnant and then you deteriorate is because your hormones drop. Because you're not maintaining enough energy in the system to support biological function and the work that you're asking your body to do. And so, you know, when you have this low carb, high fat diets as well, the problem with that around endurance training is that the carbohydrate availability, the chronic carbohydrate availability, so it, might, it won't happen initially, but the chronic carbohydrate availability will eventually create stagnation you know, and then deterioration, and no adaptation from your training. And and as you said, the individual, we we use Polly in this example, but the individual looks at themselves and goes, yeah, but it did work. So why is it not working now and can't doesn't realize that it's about the physiology of the human body, that's the problem here. And, and always goes back to but I trained so much better when I was lighter, I got all my results when I was lighter and, and puts it on this number that is actually completely and utterly immaterial. And I see it a lot. Like when I get asked to do interviews, particularly around triathlon, a lot of the interviews are always like, well, how do you know what race weight is and how can you work out what your race weight is? And the answer is, it's really tricky because it's a fine, fine line. Like people say to me, what's your race weight? And I'll say, it's the weight I turn up to at the start of a race after i've done a hard training block and i've maintained my period no injuries and you're,
1: yeah and you're and you're as healthy and your numbers are all in the right place right like as yeah. in you're, you're physically the strongest the fittest you've hit all your sessions on point like that's they're the things that you should be going on not on it's not to do yeah nothing to do with raceway at all yeah no. I mean, and that's i think people reach this dead end they literally they go yeah but I, I was just good but then you're like yeah but you're at this dead end right now like where you're you've got stress fracture you have haven't had a period in 5 years you are you haven't seen a you haven't had, you like have, well you haven't had a consistent Three months of training in two years you know like you're at a complete dead end like there is no there's no there's no you have we're gonna to have to go backwards to have to take two steps backwards at least to get in, get going again and and this is what we obviously would we, we, we try so well everything we do about in terms of the programming we do the advice we're giving is we do not want any of you to hit that dead end we want you to get on top of it now like so if you have dropped into Redis it's like okay cool that's fine let's like, what what do you need to get out of it and to do that you need to look at your training you need to look at your fueling you need to look at your recovery strategies you need to look at your lifestyle look at all put it all down on paper and go right am i doing enough probably not and where are you not doing enough and that's obviously that's that's the individualized approach that you want to be having because everyone's very different but like guys we do not want you to hit that dead end and that's obviously where like this we talk about the, the training or, and like training through red s is like well, why we want if you any of you are in that if you those of you who are in that when we say to you we well, might need you to reduce your walking we might need you to reduce your running a bit at the moment or your your overall volume is because we simply want you to get your period back as quick as possible so that we can then we can get you back to that point where we can then start to then build a build on top of that because right now like if you just continue to that a continuous high volume or high high turnover whether it's walking whether it's running whether it's cycling whether it's swimming you can whatever it's still high volume so it, we've got to reduce that and again that's why it's such a hard thing for us to to deal with as, as your coaches when you say to us yeah but I'm just I'm just going to go for a walk or I'm just going to go for a run and for us it's like being able to manage that type of activity is very very difficult because it's so open-ended and I think we we really we talk about this a lot because people like my 5k my my 5k run compared to your 5k run is very very different. You now you have a, you know what your pace is. You know how to kind of, you know how to pace yourself. You probably, but then for me, I'm I, I don't run enough, so I'm, I would go out and I might expend a lot more energy for myself and when because I'm not used to running as much. But the point is, is like it's very hard to manage someone's training program, and especially when they're trying to recover from Redis, when they're doing these kind of open-ended. Oh, I'm going for an hour and a half walk. How fast are you walking? What sort of terrain are you walking? Who are you walking with? You know, like it's, it's very hard to manage. And this is why I think, like in terms of the way you train through Redis, is really is a really important topic.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think also understanding that you know your body is stressed, that's why it's shut down. So when you add training stress to an already stressed body, all you're doing is setting yourself up to fail, quite frankly. So, you know, when people say to us, oh, but if I don't run, I'll lose my fitness or I'll, you know, I'll lose my, um, my strength or whatever it might be. It's like, well, reality is you're not actually going to be as fit as you think you're going to be because you're training on a stressed out system, which means you won't get those adaptations that you think you're going to get. And that's really, really important to understand is like, you know, I think I think it's it, the difficulty is that a lot of the 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 thoughts that people have around training, particularly when they've got red S, are again, you know, I think we have spoken about this before, but they're like those limiting beliefs, they're those irrational thoughts that are not factual. And and the thing about thoughts are that they they're generated from sound bites of our life right so if you're somebody that is spending a lot of time on social media for example particularly following the sorts of accounts that validate your behaviors then of course your thoughts are going to be very very strong about that because they're that's the sound bites that your brain is taking in and then creating these 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 kind of thoughts around well only if i do my ten thousand steps a day am i deemed healthy for example Mm -hmm. or in order for me to be the best 5k runner ever i have to do every single session at high intensity and yet when you look at the facts the actual facts and you look at top athletes they all have periodized training none of them do high intensity training every single day because that is not suitable for anyone not a single person out there they all have big rest like after a major event they will have a proper amount of time off where they will go off and do whatever they want to do and often it doesn't involve the sport that they normally do you know like there is so you have to start asking yourself why why do i have this compulsive need to tick all these boxes because that's what you're doing you know it's like it's not necessarily a I really want to go to the gym today it's I need to go to the gym I then need to fit my turbo in and I've got to hit my 15,000 steps a day and then you wonder why you can't get anything else done in your life you know it's that adds so much stress not just physically but also mentally that of course your body is not going to deal with that very well
1: it just you trying to juggle too much, and obviously I think that's what we, the high performance individuals we work with, they just want everything, and they want they just want to achieve across the board, and so managing that, the way that way you're training, if you step back and a simple task that we do obviously is you sit someone down and we we just go through that Monday through Sunday timetable, and we put it all down on paper, and you just start to talk about okay, what does a Monday look like, Tuesday, and you start to list it all down. And you start to put it all in, like blocks, like training pre and, you know, before morning, evening, and you're trying to squeeze in a walk, middle of a day, and then you've got work, you know, or study. And when you start to put put that layer, start to layer that in, and then you step back and then you ask and you literally flip it. And this is something that, guys, that all of you listening should should do, okay, because there's an immense amount of value from just seeing what your weeks look like and how, how little rest there is in that week, how little time there is for adaptation, but also, like, you're redlining it all the time. Like there's no, there is your body, as I said, just echo really there, you're you're so stressed that your body has absolutely no chance for those, for that, for that recovery, for that adaptation to happen. And if you're sitting there, like struggling with trying to achieve, get your period back and it's been years, so you've really got to. That is something—a very simple task that you could do—and it's something I would—I would, I would, I would definitely be taking you through, because obviously that will tell you more than what we could probably tell you in that first couple of days, because yeah, it it will just show you the black and white of what you probably just need to start addressing. the The, the hardest thing, often a lot of the time, is to is to break people's habits and routines. Like everyone has these routines that they have set in stone, for whatever reason. Like whether it's to get out, get fresh air, or to deal with their thoughts, or etc. But if you're someone who wants to achieve a lot from that from your training and you have goals to attain you want to do that marathon time next year or you want to do that ultra event next year you've got to get on top of this type of this type of structuring in your week and you've got to get on top of this type of mindset because as i said as anybody really said like the top top professionals out there they make they periodize their training they make specific times in the year where they completely back off they completely reset refuel recover to then be able to go again and that is how you maintain like a a longevity within sport but with longevity within life and if you don't do that then you're going to keep breaking and breaking and breaking because you're breaking you're just wearing yourself thin and obviously really like you just done that 50k a couple of weeks ago completely backed off for a couple of weeks because it was like you know you're just running on feel and like you're just running with friends and it's like you there's not really following much of a program on it because you're just kind of trying to just just let yourself recover right mentally and physically
0: yeah and also i think like i was going to add there you know like i juggle a ridiculous amount of work as you know right mm. as in it's not just the clinic it's managing the team it's doing all the public events that I do it's ensuring the social media can provide the education content for the followers it's making sure we're doing the podcast it's a big job right it's a really big job and so I have to really think about my training because some weeks unfortunately I have to prioritize work and I don't give myself a hard time about that. I just accept that that's how it is this week, and that's okay. And what I'll try and do in that week is just make sure that I have a commitment to myself that I get outside, you know, for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, just to ensure my that I am getting some fresh air because I know that is really important for my well being. And that's it. Um, and also, I I don't know. I, I don't understand people who want to get straight back at it because. I definitely. I mean, the fifty k was great, and I was definitely well trained. I was ready for it. I enjoyed it. Um, I was really pleased with my performance. You know, considering it was meant to be a race, and I had to sort of do it all on my own type thing, but obviously with thankfully friends supporting me. Um, I haven't had no desire to want to go out and push myself hard over the last two weeks, like none whatsoever. Like my body is saying to me, you know, you've done a great job. Now we need a bit of time to sleep and restore and eat and do all the things that you need to do.
1: So why, why, so why isn't, why isn't that individual? Like I know obviously, but why isn't that individual who is not allowing that rest to happen there? Like why, why is that person having to get up? But what is that need? Where's that need coming from?
0: I think it's a a compulsive need that they create and it's based on a number of things. We've talked about this before, but you know, people, human beings don't like to feel uncomfortable. It's an innate thing. We don't like feeling uncomfortable. And so what I find fascinating about this, though, is that they don't want to feel uncomfortable, that dis-ease within themselves. So they push themselves in the gym or run or cycle or whatever. But they have no problem in pushing themselves to max and discomfort (laughs) when they're in the training zone, which is really interesting because they create this false sense of belief and, and security that if they train hard, they're going to get a better outcome. And so I think the individual that can't stop is usually running away from something, quite literally running away from something, running away from uncomfortable feelings, running away from their fears. And, you know, that's a a whole different subject. But it's like, looking into what is it that you're fearful of why have you created these rules around training that you have to push hard that you have to punish every time you go into that arena and you can keep telling yourself that you enjoy it but we all know that there comes a point when, when actually the body's just like it's it's done it's cooked it can't do anymore and you know often it's the fear that they've generated themselves in the sense that the fear of if I don't perform, if I don't achieve, if I don't look a certain way, then I'm going to be judged, I'm going to be criticised, I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to be seen as not good enough. Like these are the kind of thoughts that are going through their mind, maybe not a conscious like chatter, but this is like the blind chatter that's going on and and maintaining these behaviours. And and the thing is, often this blind chatter is completely driven by the individual. So it's that it's that very critical part of you, it's that perfectionist part of you that continually cracks the whip and I go back to sets these very unrealistic expectations because it's not it's not it's not okay to expect your body to push hard every single day that that's not realistic because nobody can do
1: that i don't you think it's obviously reinforced by like cherry picking social media ch- cherry picking like you no know, in your, you, you sub, we all subconsciously do that we're all scrolling and things we'll cherry pick and we'll see someone doing something and go well i i want to give that a go i'm going to give that a go i'm going to give that a go and but obviously it, you're never following what what's right for you you're just constantly kind of expecting more and more and more from your body and it's just never like if when you step back and you look at yourself and you look at what your your behavior you're going to see that there's again we go back to the fact that there's you're, it's not working for you you're you're working for someone else you know you're working you're working off somebody else's kind of sheet um when it comes to like like you talk about these perceptions and like your, these beliefs like you is it loneliness what it what, what what could it what could be the, what are the things that kind of what is it
0: i don't think it's loneliness i mean i think loneliness comes into it as in Mm. i think loneliness is very uncomfortable and it's very empty but again when you explore what loneliness is it's just really you know it's just an emotion that's trying to tell you that you value companionship right Mm. so so the problem is how you interpret all these emotions that you then make fact right so i i i i this year i have felt incredibly lonely a lot of the time but i'm not a lonely person as in i know i have a number of people in my life that i could pick up the phone to and talk arrange to meet for a walk or whatever and and do that and and kind of you know but i've definitely noticed that i've felt more lonely this year than anything else which is understandable considering the year we've had The difference is if I go down a path of I'm lonely, I'm alone, I'm a loser, I'm not good enough, you can see where that's going. It's really dark, it's really uncomfortable and it is not a good narrative, right? And that's the narrative that then becomes something that's really uncomfortable and doesn't sit well with you and you wanna run away from because it's not a nice place to be. Whereas if I go down the road of, yeah, actually, I've noticed that I'm feeling really lonely this weekend. Or oh, it's probably because I haven't actually spoken to anybody apart from work or, or whatever. I know I need some sort of, I know that I have a need to, you know, connect with people, right. I'll pick up the phone too, or I'll see if someone can come for a dog walk or, or whatever, you know, like it's, it, it, and and that's, that changes what loneliness is so it's the same with any emotion yeah, yeah. right and it's like with guilt so I want to talk about guilt because people talk about guilt so much don't they oh I feel guilty if I don't if I don't do my run or if, if I if I lie in or, or whatever it might be or if I eat this food I feel guilty and again it's how you interpret and manage that emotion because again you know like when we say it like that i feel guilty we become the guilt and we've made it factual we've become that, that there's definitely something to be guilty about and i feel i feel it and the more you tell yourself that the more you're going to believe that you've done something wrong
1: well that applies to lonely i mean the reason i said loneliness is because obviously it's like I, what i see is a lot of the time is distraction like people are distracting distracting themselves constantly and that you know they want to fill that void like they're not you know you often say it, not. you're know, going to get comfortable sitting sitting with Mm. your thoughts and but they, you know all i ever see is filling filling the gap like if you've got a gap you fill it with a walk you fill it with a ride you fill it with a whatever and they're not filling it with as you say people um experience um, you
0: have to get comfortable with nothingness yeah right which which i don't mean that in a negative concept like i've been i've been you know again i've shared a lot with you guys and i'll you know i'll share with you now that i've been doing a lot of work on this because It's a state that I need to be okay with, this place of nothingness. And what's been really interesting, I've I've got to it and I've felt incredibly numb for the last few months. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not sad. I'm not like nothing. There's nothing wrong. And some of that is obviously the situation we're in that it's quite hard to get excited about things at the moment because there's not an awful lot to get excited about but what i what i've what i've identified and learned is that when when we have this very critical negative narrative this constant cracking of the whip this kind of you know very perfectionist driven expectation driven individual there's also an awful lot of emotional drama within that right and, and that emotional drama also provides energy, so we get used to this energy. And what I mean by that is, you know, life's either really, really good or it's really, really bad, or it's like this. You know, it's not like just, just, just like that. Just like, not like just. Stats uh what's the word? Uh just level. It's yeah, level.
1: so how, how, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, thanks. It's low, yeah. it's, it's, it's either it's, high it's or low. Big yeah.
0: Big and it's like this constant need for something to be wrong. Yeah. Right. And um and and when you start to work on that, like when you start to provide yourself with compassion and you start to understand your thoughts and you start to give yourself the time to work through your emotions and and realize what they're trying to tell you and, and how you can deal with them. Like when you start to do all that, which is what I have done a lot of work on, you get to this state where you just don't really feel much, which is weird, right? And it is this state of nothingness. And it feels incredibly weird because you're like, well, 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 I'm not used to this. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just that you have become so familiar with the energy that's associated with this emotional drama all the time that you've had that you you don't know how to sit with that there's not much going on. And the the other example I can use is when you have an alcoholic who becomes sober, it's the same thing. They no longer get their high. And so for a while they can feel very flat. They're not there's nothing wrong with them, but they can feel very flat because they have to get used to the fact that there doesn't always need to be this huge amount of energy around them. And I think that's it. When we see it in, in the people we work with, we get them through you know, certain stages and suddenly they're like unsure of where they're standing because it feels incredibly different and altered to what they've been used to for such a long time.
1: If they find the energy elsewhere. They find those highs elsewhere, don't they? I mean, this is what... This is the beauty of obviously what we're looking for everyone to achieve or just to work through is the fact that by finding that low point <laughs> as in that flat, as it were, where they're not getting that daily buzz from whatever activity they're looking to bring in, high intensity, exercise, hard if it's on the bike, whatever. But then there comes that low gray area where they're trying to work through it. But then they start to you start getting this dialogue with the, you know with, with them where they're starting to sort of notice things about they're starting to date people, they're starting to enjoy work a bit more, they've got new opportunities with friends, they're going to they're going out for a drink with a friend. And then the again the dialogue changes. And it's like but the you're starting to get these highs, as it were, these these natural highs from other areas where again, in I in when they've been training and that's all they've got they've 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 sought out those highs only from their training and they've done it on an addictive level every day but then to come off that high to find that flat but then to find the other highs that we all should experience every day from all the other areas or aspects of our life from music from art from love from and i think that's what i know i'm addicted to with all all the people we work with is i i again i think we talked about this last week i think maybe or we talked about how like when, when people find that those other highs in their life about all the other things that they've been missing out on and again like it comes from that, the physical from achieving their period like the empowerment they can feel from achieving that again and there's so many other highs you could, you could be experiencing
0: i think it's it's maybe it's high the high is not the right word in that case mm. maybe it's like you realize there's more that you value yeah right because i think like there's definitely, and I know because I've experienced it. There's definitely this element of drama is the only way to describe it when you're working through difficult emotions and and you don't really want to deal with them, but you sort of know you need to and 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 you know using your, you know you're using your training and your eating as a way of avoiding all that. And as you come through it, you have to face some of the difficulties. And there's definitely this kind of drama attached with it you know like um I think we've we've seen it with a lot of the people we work with they go they sort of everything's okay and then it's not and then they go back to their behaviors because it's they they don't know how to handle it's not and it's like well no that's just life right life happens and and you have to learn to pick yourself up you have to learn that you as we talked about last week you get to the point where you realize you can tend to yourself and you're not Worried about the potential criticism or judgment or abandonment. Because that's we go back to fundamentally, and I'm not saying everybody, but fundamentally, most people that we will see who have a difficult relationship with food and exercise is a result of them fearing what will happen if they didn't have that. It's their way of containing these difficult emotions because there's that. Fear and that perception that they will be criticised, they will be judged, they will be abandoned, rejected, whatever. They that that is the fundamental issue. There's that general sense of unworthiness that I, that if I don't continue with all these behaviours, then the world is going to criticise me, right? And if you if you can learn to realise that every single person on this planet is worthy. And nobody starts off being born unworthy, nobody. It's just what we learn along the way. Again, it comes back to the sound bites and the sounds around you and the experiences that you have. And and so if you can learn that actually you can look after yourself if you choose to, and this is the problem, majority of the individuals who we work with, don't see that. They don't see that they have a choice in how they look after themselves. They have a choice in in maintaining their previous experiences and story or changing the story moving forward. And I, I always find it really interesting that, you know, often it will take somebody three or four injuries before they stop and go, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. Right. And and it, and and whereas I know from myself, as soon as I get a niggle, I'm like, okay, what what do I need to do to sort this? What have I learned from previous experience that I know this could be?
1: See, that that's the level of empowerment that I want for everyone that that it gets involved in strength training in terms of in training in general, that ability to. Listen, learn, have the power to like, l- love yourself and look after yourself and work through something instead of just pushing and breaking I'm just breaking your body down over and over and over again. And I think we talked about this morning in a session, did not we like, you know, you were, you were intuitively listening to your body and you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of something going on it's happening at this point in my run and we're talking and we, we kind of broke it down because within your strength sessions we see a certain certain thing with your with your feet when you're under load and it's and again but it's that ability you are now empowered to a point where you can now kind of work through something we can work through the uh, the, the smallest of issues but that that empowerment's come from learning to listen to yourself and learning to hit, like, listen to that voice instead of just just pl- you know, plowing on through it and I think that's what obviously going back to like today's topic about training through Red S is like, it always comes back to that voice and that ability to like listen to yourself and like step back and like, like list the, the cues are all there, just, but it's that, uh, but then it's how, how to work through it. I mean, and obviously that does take a skill set and that does take some coaching potentially or some better restructuring, but it, it like, that's, that's the, the I'm, empowerment. I'm, I'm addicted to that word because I want everyone that we work with to have the power to then, to carry on that behavior the rest of their life
0: i think yeah i think the thing is is if you are aware of your behaviors or your thoughts that are creating those behaviors because your thoughts create the behaviors Hmm. it's about stopping briefly Hmm. to to ask yourself is there any fact behind these thoughts you know if i really didn't do my high intensity turbo session today will i really lose fitness like is there any actual fact in that because the answer is no there is no fact there's nowhere is it written that if you don't do a high intensity session every single day you're not going to be fit right that that there is no there is no evidence for that at all so you have to ask is there any fact or is this my assumption? Is this my limiting belief? Is this my fear that's generating this these thoughts and these behaviours?
1: What? But what are the facts in that situation? In that scenario, that in that mindset, there are facts amongst that. The facts are that if you're training with that type of mindset every day, under fueling the whole way, expecting those types of high intensities, week on, well, daily, weekly, monthly there are some very clear facts and the facts are that you will you'll, you'll break your break like that's just it's clear as day and like your body cannot sustain certain intense high intensities for for very long at all really in this in, in the length of, of length of your life and they're the facts that you really have got to listen to more than anything and obviously that's what we try and get people to to really yeah. tune into and that's the science is all there like if you want science the papers the research but really the logic is there like you know if you can't sustain that without fueling without recovery, without recovery, you know, without some sort of backing off at some point. and I, yeah, I mean, there's the, the facts are there in so many ways, but it's listening to the right the right voice, yeah. I suppose, isn't
0: it? I think it's like you have to you have to stop and pause instead of just going straight into it because that's what you always do. like that's your automatic learned response that you just do it. you need to start asking yourself those questions, do I need to do it? do I do, what is it about this that I have to do? Why am I having to do it? like what is the what is the purpose of this session? And do I know that this session is going to serve me? You know, like you have to ask yourself these questions. And and I think like, especially if you know that there's a compulsion there and you will know if it's a compulsion or if it's something you want to do, right? So I think, yeah, I think like, you know, one of the things, the, the key things we wanted to address in today's podcast was, why 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 do you have to train the way you train how does it benefit you and is it working for you
1: where has it got you where has it yep. got you up to this point and again it's that dead end you've reached a lot of people have reached that dead end where they are years down the line of not achieving what they want to achieve both physiologically result-based and again thing is though is it fair to say that when with all those things we just talked about there was to have a sounding board to have someone to be able to bounce off to help you reflect on that behavior like
0: yeah definitely I think it's very difficult to manage your your thoughts continuously in your head because especially when they're cycling it's hard sometimes like trying to you know trying to work out where where the where it starts and where it ends And, and and it might be that you just need to journal a bit like if you don't have somewhere you can soundboard to like not everybody is is that fortunate just journal it just journal what's going on in your mind and then go back and read it and go oh yeah that doesn't really make
1: sense what's that classic thing you know when you ask someone like um hey so uh Rini, um when was the last time i had a full rest day i mean as in you haven't run at all for a whole day and you're like uh three three and a half weeks maybe you know like and so it's just it's those types of questions and having that ability to turn it on yourself a little bit and go okay so when was the last time i actually didn't do anything like you know yeah. i was and it's again it's like do you have a training diary or a journal to like look back and reflect back on and go actually okay i'm I'm probably due a good week off here or or, or, or dialing it back for a week
0: yeah and if you haven't why mm. what is it that's driving you to do that because that's the big one what is mm. it that you're scared of yeah Right, guys. We will be back next week. It's getting closer and closer to Christmas, so um, we will probably do a little Christmas special in mm. the next couple of weeks. Um, if you have any questions for us, particularly around Christmas, do send them in. Like, you know, drop Chris um, or I uh, an Instagram message, and uh, we'll we'll definitely do our best to answer as many because I know it's a really difficult time for lots of people. So we want to make sure that we can help people through this festive period. This is obviously the weirdest festive period we've probably ever, ever, ever been part of. So there's an additional layer of stress, I think. So yeah, ping us your messages across and we'll see what we can do, how many we can answer and um, what we can do to put your mind at rest.
1: Yeah, love that. See you soon, guys.
0: And that's a wrap for another episode. Thank you so much to our fabulous sponsor, Simprove Limited, without whom this series would not be possible. Their beliefs about getting the most out of life align so well with all we do here at Train Brave. And it's with their support, we're able to reach more of you to help promote a sustainable lifestyle and enable you to start feeling better from within. Taking care of gut health is important for all, but do seek professional medical opinion if you need advice. If you want to try Simprove, head to the Simprove website and use code Brain Brave 15 for 15% off your first order. And don't forget, if you like what you listen to, please do rate this podcast and subscribe too.